Amen. He's alive. And that was the message uh, that came from the empty tomb. And that's the message today. He is alive. He's a, he's a risen Savior. Uh, I uh, was in a Catholic church building this week. And in the front of their building, they had a, uh, a cross uh, with a man hanging on that cross. I'm sure glad that I don't serve a Savior that's still on a cross. Uh, I'm glad he's uh, not on a cross. He's not on a tomb. Uh, he's alive forevermore. Stephen, when he was facing uh, death, looked up and saw him seated on the right, standing on the right hand of the Father. And uh, I serve a risen Savior. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Luke, chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, and we're going to look at our second lesson. Uh, now, just for our uh, audio video guys, be aware, fellas, probably two parts for this one. Uh, it will probably be two parts. Uh, we've got a lot of material here. Uh, most of our lessons we're going to look at in the next several weeks are probably going to be one week. This will probably be a couple. Uh, so I asked Brother Maude to give me give me one up here so I can mark where we stop. I want to make sure we uh, know where we are uh, for to keep you straight, uh, to keep me straight. Uh, but we're going to look at one verse here, and then I'm going to pray. And we're going to spend uh, a bit of time this morning answering the question. And our, our lesson today is why pray? Why pray? Look here at Luke 18, verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not faint. Let's pray together. Lord, as we come before you this morning in the attitude of prayer, or Lord, we do so out of obedience. Lord, I pray this morning, I ask you that you would help us during this time we share together to learn to understand better why we ought to pray. Lord, I pray you would give us a desire to pray. Give us a spirit of yieldedness to prayer. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we do have to pray. I thank you for the many prayer uh, praise reports, Lord, that we can share here every week. Lord, that we know you answer prayer. Lord, I look forward to tonight, Lord, as we take time this evening during our 4 o'clock service to, to hear more praise reports from what you've done this week. But Lord, as we examine this subject, as we begin to get a little deeper in this matter of prayer, God, help us to understand why, why we ought to pray. Help me, Lord. I need your help to preach and teach and write your truth this morning. Fill me with your spirit. Lord, I pray you'd fill the listeners this morning as well, Lord, that we would receive your truth. In your precious name we pray. Amen. There are compelling reasons why we ought to pray. There are many reasons in Scripture why prayer ought to be the most usual and regular thing for a believer. And Jesus said that men ought to pray. We see that here. And we're going to give some of the best reasons. And by the way, we're, we're not going to give an exhaustive list. Uh, when we're done with this lesson, uh, be it today or next Sunday or uh, maybe even the Sunday after, uh, I, I'm not going to say, okay, 
Now we've given all the reasons. We're not going to exhaust the reasons, but I believe some of the best reasons, uh, we're going to look at just seven uh, over the next couple of weeks, is why we ought to pray. I said that prayer ought to be normal and usual. Uh, some of you, uh, my family and maybe a couple other of you, probably uh, Darren uh, with me working here during the building probably heard this, maybe a couple of you have ever heard me yawn. How many have ever heard Pastor Rice yawn before? Now, my wife says that it's the most unusual yawn in the entire world. She says, nobody yawns like that. I said, well, I yawn like that. Uh, it's kind of a cross between a yawn and a grizzly bear. It, it, it's a horrible sound. I, I don't think anybody could duplicate it. God made me that way for some crazy reason. And every time I yawn, when I'm really tired, and I yawn, it's, it's the word, I guess it would be worse, it sounds more unusual, my yawn. And every time when I yawn loudly and it's unusual, my wife's like, nobody yawns like that. That's, that's unusual, what's wrong with you? And I said, I just tell her I'm broken. But prayer is not something that is, oh, that's unusual, why are you praying? It ought to be usual for Christians. It ought to be the most natural, the most usual thing for a Christian to pray. So the answer to the question is we're going to look at some uh, this morning. Number one, why should we pray? Because God insistently commands it in the Bible. God insistently commands it in the Bible. So, Pastor, what do you mean by that? Over and over and over and over and over and over again, God commands us to pray. It, it, it is not a, hey, here's an option for you. Uh, this is something that's available. Uh, I'm going to go to a buffet for lunch today to celebrate uh, a birthday uh, for some unusual guy sitting right there. And when I do that, uh, there's going to be lots of food. Now, there's going to be some food that I'm not going to take. There's probably going to be a salad bar there. I'm probably not going to take much off of that. Uh, it's going to be available. I'm going to be, yeah, I don't want that. I'm going to take what I want. Prayer is not, hey, here's a buffet. You can pray if you want. No, it's a command. And it's an, it's an insistent command over and over in Scripture. Now, in your notes here, you'll notice I've listed several verses uh, Luke 18, verse 1, we read a moment ago uh, that men ought always to pray. That is a statement that men, mankind, everywhere, at all time, in every area should pray. It's a duty taught by Christ. The second one you'll notice there in your notes, uh, pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians, is a command. Now, it, it's not a command that can be misunderstood. Those of you that are parents have maybe told your children to do something and you came and they didn't do it and they tried to convince you. Uh, Miggy, Brother Mike, probably at one point said, well, Dad, I didn't understand what you wanted. <laughs> Mom, I didn't know you wanted me to take the trash out. I thought you wanted me to play video games. I was really confused. Uh, it's easy for us to say, well, I don't understand the command. I didn't quite get it. It's pray without ceasing. So simple. That means anywhere, any person who has the word of God, who reads that verse, can understand we are to pray. Let her see there another verse you'll see in your notes, Philippians 4. 
Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Christian, we're literally to pray about everything. Everything. I remember when I was a young college student, I heard my pastor, he's in heaven now, who was the president of the Bible College, I remember him saying one time in a message, he said, when I, when I get in my car to drive to the office in the morning, he said, I pray and I ask the Lord what route he wants me to take. Now, I went, I know where, kind of where he lives, I know where the church is, there's not a, I mean, I'll take the fastest route. You know, you and I today... Google, which is the fastest way? How, how can I beat my time from yesterday? How can I avoid traffic? How can I avoid construction? But he talked about how he prayed what route he should take and talked about praying about different things. And I thought, why in the world would he do that? Because he realized that God had a purpose for every step and every direction of his life. And Christian, can I tell you, God wants us to pray about everything. Now, he doesn't want us to pray about his commands. Oh, should I obey the Lord or not? No. We're going to see that a bit later. Uh, probably three or four weeks from now, we're going to talk about that. But he wants us to pray about everything. Uh, you'll see the next one, letter D, there in your notes, the next verse. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Not only are we commanded to pray about everything, but we're commanded to pray at all times for all men. We're to be praying for everybody. Letter E there, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. Ephesians chapter 6 there you'll notice. It closes here in this familiar description of the armor, armor of a Christian. The very first message I ever preached, it was December 31st, 1988. Uh, that was a few years ago. Several of you here weren't alive yet. But the first time I ever preached, I preached from that passage about the armor of a Christian. And it concludes that passage with this perseverance for all saints to, uh, to pray. Uh, all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me. That prayed. It's implied here that we're to pray for uh, ministers of the gospel. We're to pray for those that are sharing Christ. We're to pray for preachers and evangelists and missionaries. Letter F there, you'll see uh, the verse watch, Matthew 26, watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Now, this command of Scripture given the disciples that night there in the garden it's repeated in Mark 14, 38, Luke 22, 40, and Luke 22, 46. But we're to observe, the Bible says, whatsoever things. Jesus commanded the apostles in Matthew 28, the Great Commission. We're to observe whatsoever things we've been taught. In other words, those things taught to those men gathered with Christ at night in the garden, they were to teach that same thought, uh, pray that you enter not in temptation. And we see that we are to pray. It is commanded. Uh, God insistently commands it over and over and over and over in Scripture. So Christian, why? Why should we pray? Because God commands it. Now besides the general commands for Christians to pray all the time, for all people, about everything, there are many commands in Scripture to pray about specific 
things. Many times God gave to the Apostle Paul in the epistles that he would pen divine inspiration to command readers to pray for him. As Paul would pen uh, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, pray for me. I believe we ought to be praying for one another. We have people that say often, I got a text this morning, uh, Sean is sick this morning, so pastor, would you pray for me? And he asked me, a friend of his needed prayers, would you pray about this need? Often someone says, hey, would you pray for me? We ought to be praying. Prayer is a duty. It is a duty expressly commanded for every Christian. It's not okay. You all pray. The rest of us will do something else. We're all to pray. Why should we pray? Because it's commanded. It's insistently commanded in Scripture. God's plain and often repeated command is that we ought to pray. That means a lack of prayer is sin. The Bible says to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So we're commanded to pray. If we don't pray, we're in disobedience to the word of God. Doubtless all of our sins, all of our mistakes, our failures are prayer sins. Prayer mistakes. Prayer failures. Samuel said to the people of Israel, God forbid, in 1 Samuel, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord. In what? In ceasing to pray for you. We sin against the Lord when we cease to pray. Why should we pray? Because God insistently commands it in Scripture. It's strictly commanded. Number two, on the inside cover there of your notes, why should we pray? Because prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things. Prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things. The outside, the unbelieving world, expects that we get things by... now. I'm going to get back and circle back a bit here, so don't label me a heretic yet. By work, or by planning, or by scheming, uh, or by accident. But we are taught in the Word of God that we get things from God. God wants us to ask Him. And asking, that's prayer. Prayer is asking and receiving. Uh, the title of our, our lesson we're looking at over the next several weeks this understanding that why should we pray? Because that is the way God has planned for you and for me to receive things from him. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not. What was God's reason? Because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Christian, the reason we don't have is we don't ask. Because God has appointed the way that he wants to meet our needs is by us asking him. Fighting, warring, struggling, scheming, that's not God's plan. That's not God's way. We're to get from God by asking from God. The reason we have not 
It's not because you work not. Now, again, don't crucify me yet. I'm going to circle back around, and uh, you're going to see, I believe, uh, probably more strongly than uh, the world's philosophy of working because the, the Bible is stronger than that. But the answer is not you have not because you work not. It's not because you plan not. It's not. It's only because we ask not. Asking is God's way for a Christian to give things. Now, I, I grew up in a, a rural farming community. I know farming. I know that a farmer, he, he plants a crop, he works the field, he, he harvests a crop. Now, you may think or may say the way a farmer grows a crop is, you know, he, he, he breaks the ground, uh, he prepares the soil, he, he plants the seed, he gets rid of the weeds, he does it by work, by labor. But there are many here in this province, farmers in the last four or five years, who will tell you that they've worked hard. They've labored. They've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on equipment and fuel and man hours and labor, and they've worked hard and they've prepared, and they've lost money because the weather hasn't cooperated. Things haven't fit just right. There was a storm. There was water standing in the fields. Maybe it was a pest of some kind. Can I tell you the answer to how we get things from God, although we are to work, and we're going to see that in a moment? We need to ask God. How does a farmer receive a crop? The farmer works and labors and does all he can and at the same time, he prays and says, God, I need you. God, we need rain. God, we need good weather. God, we need warmth. We need protection. I need my equipment not to break down. God, I need your help. How do we get things from God? It's appointed that asking is the way we receive things from God. By the way, uh, an unemployed person, someone without a job, may think that the way to get a job is to go maybe to an employment agency or maybe take some special training to, uh, to get in a career or get recommendations from other men or folks in high places in business. And I believe those are good things. But ultimately, you have not because you ask not. Amen. We need to realize the importance of prayer. We, we downgrade it. Why don't we pray? We don't pray because we don't believe we should. We don't think it's necessary. We, we don't think it's needed. We realize. So in other words, if we take that vernacular of a job and put it in the context of the book of James, you have not a job because you ask not. The Savior taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Matthew 6.11. That, that's, Lord, feed me today. God, meet my needs physically today. To get daily bread, we must ask God for it. Now, that doesn't mean we're to loaf. It doesn't mean we're to be lazy. Uh, by the way, I believe the right kind of praying will cause you to be willing to do anything. The right kind of praying, God bless me, is not a matter of, Lord, I'm going to do nothing, and God, you just give me something. It's, Lord, I... I'm willing, whatever you want, Lord, I'm available. God, help me. God, meet my need. Use me any way you can. I believe we're to be taking care of our family. The Bible says if we don't, we're worse than an infidel. 
Worse than someone who denies the Lord. Worse than someone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ. We need to remember God can use means. And he does. God can use medicines and doctors to heal the sick. And praise God for that. Praise God for that. This week, Brother Turner took his last treatment for his cancer. Praying that it's successful. God can use those means if he desires. Luke was a physician. Colossians chapter 4 verse 14 calls him the beloved physician. Timothy, the young preacher, was encouraged by Paul under inspiration of the Holy Spirit uh, to use a little wine for that stomach's sake. Paul said, hey, uh, Timothy, let me you, use, some, use some medicine there to, to help you because it, it, it's God can use that. Understand God can use means. King Hezekiah was healed. How was Hezekiah healed? When Isaiah commanded a lump of figs to be placed on a boil. Now, King Hezekiah could have said, well, you know, you don't need to do that. <laughs> I don't need that, just I want to be healed. But God used the, the, the means there, of those figs on his boil, which was about to kill him, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 38. God can use means. He may answer our prayers using human means. He may answer our prayer, as I mentioned, as we pray for a job. God may use the means of that employment agency or someone to help us uh, get in a job. But can I tell you, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. He, he may use that farmer's hard work on the field to give him a crop, but it's God that answers prayer. He can bring the results out of labor, but remember, God does not always use human means. But God always answers prayer. Why should we pray? Because prayer is God's appointed way for Christians to get things from God. God delights in doing that. God delights in meeting your need and my need in a way that we go, there's only one way that could have happened, and that's God. The way we get what we need from God is to ask for it. Praying is, as I said, God's appointed way. Every other way will fail. Every other way. You have not because you ask not. Suppose there were two people in a conversation, a Christian, a believer, and an unbeliever. The lost man, the saved man, speaking here together. The unconverted man says, there are surely hard times. I can't get a job. I've walked until my feet are sore. I've gone, play, I've gone online. I've applied everywhere. Uh, I, I've answered all the advertisements. I, I've gone everywhere I can. I, I just don't get an opportunity. And suppose, if you will, that same conversation, the Christian man would say, yeah, I've done the same thing. I've struggled. I've gone. I've worked. I've labored. I, I've tried and tried and tried. And I just can't get a job. I just can't find one. What a bad testimony that would be if the same response of a saved person was the same as a lost person about our needs being met. 
When in reality, we need to trust him. When in reality, we can say, I, I don't understand how, but I know that God can meet my need. And God wants me to pray. Why should I pray? Because God has designed it for us to receive things from him. I have a Heavenly Father who loves me, who wants to meet my needs. Rebecca and Josh are expecting a baby in June. And I'm sure that baby will be, as the world would call it, spoiled. I know because I know it's grandfather. Uh, they're going to desire to meet the needs of their child just as every parent loves their their baby, they're going to want to provide for it, want to meet the needs of that child. And no doubt they'll, as that baby grows, there will be times they will sacrifice themselves for that child. As all of you parents understand, that's a reality of rearing children. Now, we sacrifice for our children. I have a Heavenly Father who wants to meet my needs. I, I have one who has already said, I want to give to you. And you have not because you ask not. Can I tell you the God who takes note of every sparrow that falls? The God who clothes the lily of the field with a raiment so gorgeous that Solomon himself was jealous? The God who counts all the hairs on every head. Now, in mine and Brother Chummy's head, that's not a big deal. Uh, but for some of you, that's a big deal. That same God says, I, I want to meet your need. You have not because you ask not. Praying is God's appointed way for Christians to get things from God. Number three in your notes this morning. Why should we pray? Number three, because prayer is God's way for Christians to have fullness of joy. Christian, let me help you with something. You ought to be happy. If you're the most miserable person everywhere you go, that's a problem. You ought to be the happiest person everywhere you go. You ought to be the most joyous person. Now, I don't want you to point at them if they're in the room, but how many of you, you know somebody, please don't point at your husband or your wife, uh, how many of you know somebody that, man, they're just always miserable? Sure we do. Man, you go to work. Man, you work with someone. And Colton says, yeah, I, every day I go to work, I work with this guy who's just miserable. Uh, you know someone who's just miserable, and they're never happy, and they're upset, and they're just, everything's bad, and everything's horrible, and I guess I'll just go eat worms. And it's depressing to be around those people. I mean, you want to avoid them. And you've learned, you don't want to ask them, how's it going? You know why? Because those people, they want to tell you. Misery loves company. Oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. Christian, if that's you, shame on you. Shame on me. We, we ought to be happy. We have fullness of joy. We ought not live our lives defeated. We unhappy lives, tormented lives, tormented by needs which can't be met. 
God has given us a plan whereby we can have fullness of joy, having our prayers answered. Why should we pray? So we be not miserable. So we be not always under those circumstances. By the way, why are you under them? I have no reason to be under the circumstances. I, I have a God who wants me to have fullness of joy. In John chapter 16 and verse 24, you have printed in your notes there, Jesus said, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and it shall, uh, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. God wants to meet your need. He wants you to be joyous. He wants our joy to be full. The Bible speaks of, you know, asking a, a bread and getting a serpent. The Lord doesn't do that. He wants to meet our need. The headset that I'm wearing, uh, the microphone that I've got on my ugly mug, we ordered from Quebec. And when it came in the mail, it was a zip-up canvas-type case and it was wrapped in a random piece of cardboard and taped up. And I saw that and I went, what? There's no packaging. There's no instructions. They've, and I opened it up and it looked new, but I thought, I'm not sure it's new because there's not even in a proper packaging. So I went through the process. I'm like, hey, I said, I received something. I don't think it's right. And I went through all the process, and finally they went out in the warehouse, and they took a picture of all of these types of microphones. There's no packaging, Brother Jeff. They're just, they're just little zip-up. That's it. Now, I'd understand it if it's like a $5 item. But this, these are not cheap, but that's the way they, that's their protocol. But I, at first, I was not happy. I thought, well, they did not send me the proper thing. They didn't send me the packaging. Now I'm like, oh, no, I got exactly what I asked for. So often we look at God and say, God, I didn't... I'm not happy. Why did you give me that? Why do I have this? God says, if you ask me, I'll give to you so that your joy can be full. When we pray, we can receive fullness of joy. The blessings of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. I remember my grandmother had a dog old farm mutt, and, and honestly, if, if you held a gun to my head and said, Pastor, tell me what kind of dog it was, I couldn't. I, I don't know. I don't even know if a genetic scientist could figure out what kind of dog it was. Uh, it was a mix of every dog that's ever been born. It was, it was just a brown. It didn't even look like any breed. I have no idea what it was. It was dumb as a box of rocks. Literally, it would go down in the creek. And it would fight with rot with boulders in the creek. I mean, I'm talking boulders that you couldn't move, like 10 men couldn't pick up. It would bite at it and fight with it for hours in the creek. That's how dumb this dog was. Uh, anyway, but I remember he got sick one time, and my grandmother got some medicine from the, from the vet and had to give it to the dog. Dog wouldn't take it. He was dumb, but he wasn't that dumb. And so she had to take the, the food and wrap it and she put peanut butter on a piece of bread and wrap the pill around peanut butter bread and make a ball of bread. And man, he would, 
he would have eaten the biggest bottle of poison you had if you wrapped it with some uh, peanut butter bread, and he'd take those pills. I think he wanted to keep staying sick so he could keep getting those pills every day wrapped in peanut butter bread. But there was that pill mixed with what he wanted. God doesn't mix sorrow. He doesn't put in, I'm going to give you a little sorrow with your joy. There's no sorrow with it added. God wants to give us fullness of joy. A young husband labors and struggles trying to meet the needs of his wife. Why? Because he loves her. He wants to try to help and try to meet those needs. But often they're not able to do so. Often when I counsel with young couples when they're getting married, I tell them one of the biggest difficulties in marriage is expecting things that are not reality. I'll tell the the husband-to-be, I said, you know what you're expecting? You're expecting your wife-to-be is going to be a cook like your mom was a cook. Your mom who's been cooking for 40, 50 years. You know, man, my wife, we're we're going to have the greatest meals that ever been. I'm going to come home from work, and man, we're going to have these amazing five-star Michelin hotel meals. And you get home, and it's warmed up craft dinner. Uh, and she burnt water to boil that uh, because she doesn't know how to cook like your mom knows how to cook. And a young wife says, man, I can't wait. I, I'm going to get married, and we're going to have everything we ever want, and my husband's going to meet all my needs just like my father provided for me, or the, the father who had a phenomenal job that he's worked at for 20 or 30 years and uh, benefits and means, and then they get married, and the husband's like, I I'm working at Tim Hortons here. Like, <laughs> we, we can't live in a mansion. We can't have a new car. We, we, we can't, I can't meet those needs. And we expect things that are not reality. But Christian, can I tell you that I can expect that God can give me fullness of joy. And God can meet that need. Prayer then is the secret of constant joy. The secret of fullness of joy. Rich, full life for a Christian depends on how much and how he prays. If we get on with praying, I can get things from God. God wants to meet our needs, and with those needs, he wants to give me fullness of joy. I used to go to a place once in a while called the the King of Barbecue Ribs. I'd like to go there right now. It's in Calumet City. Rebecca and I actually, yes, this week, uh, we met a young lady who was in Calumet City this year. Kind of weird how it worked out, and I was talking with this young lady. And, but there's a place in Calumet City. I used to drive through on my way from, from church on Wednesday nights, going to work I, when I worked a night shift job at the Willis Tower, what used to be the Sears Tower. And a friend of mine and I, a friend named Ernie Portlock, Ernie was a dear friend of mine, Ernie's a great big guy, about, about this tall. Uh, he pastors a church in uh, northern Ohio. Ernie's a, just the a sweetest guy in the world, but a big guy, big African-American guy. And one day he said, hey, let's go to this restaurant over here I've never been to. He said, let's try it out. It's called the King of Barbecue Ribs. And we go there, and it was in the ghetto. I mean, like bullets are going over ahead as we're going by, and uh, we, so you keep your hands in your pockets to make sure you don't accidentally flash a gang, gang sign, not meaning to, you know, <laughs> we're walking, and, 
this guy came to the window, window with steel bars and grates and all of that, and plexiglass, bulletproof glass probably inside of that. And this guy, my buddy Ernie's a big dude. The guy inside of the glass made Ernie look like a little boy. He was a mountain of a man. And he walked to the window and we said, are you the king? And he said, yep, I'm the king. So I never knew his name. We always called him king. And I said, king, I want to have whatever. My buddy Ernie, I remember the first time we ordered, he ordered rib tips, a bucket of rib tips. And I mean a bucket, like an old KFC bucket full of rib tips. And he said, what do you want? I looked and they had, I think it was six or seven chicken wings. And I said, I, I want some chicken wings. And he said, okay, big brown paper sack. Ernie gets this big bucket, and they give me this, I mean, a big sack. And all I ordered was chicken wings. All it said on the menu, chicken wings. I get out in the car, had a little 95 Ford Ranger. By the way, you put me and Ernie in a 95 Ford Ranger, it is full. I was almost touching Ernie's leg when I'm shifting the gears in that manual transmission. Like, he had to move his leg over for me to hit fifth. We got in there, and I opened up my bag. And I looked, and they're great big giant wings. I mean, they look like they're off a pterodactyl. I mean, just big giant wings. And I thought, man, what else is in here? I looked, and underneath the wings was about six or seven pieces of white bread. And then underneath of the bread was a big pile of French fries. You know what I did every Wednesday night? I went and saw the king. <laughs> I said, man, I'll take the chicken wings. Every Wednesday night, he gave me a big stack of bread, big pile of fries. I got the extras. Can I tell you that God gives us? God gives us the extras of fullness of joy. He gives us all we need. He satisfies us. Prayer is the secret to fullness of joy. Number four. Number four in your notes. And this will be the last one we'll get to today. We'll pick up here next week. Because prayer, why should I pray? Because prayer is the way out of all trouble, the cure for all worry and anxious care. Why should I pray? If prayer is still the way to get what you want, if prayer is the way to have fullness of joy, as we've seen in Scripture, then prayer is also the way to get rid of what you don't want. How to get out of trouble. How to get out of worry. How to get out of care. Philippians. Philippians chapter number 4, verse 6 and 7, this printed there in your notes says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I tell you the Bible, the command in Scripture is true. And by the way, still valid when it says be careful for nothing. In other words, I am not to be anxious or worried or fearful about anything in my life. I'm commanded by God, be anxious for nothing. But what, it's not just don't be anxious, don't worry. You know, there's that old song, you know, don't worry, be happy. That's not what God says. God says don't worry, pray. Pray. 
I don't have to worry. I don't have to live under trouble. I don't have to be anxious. I don't have to be fearful. I can pray. I can pray. The remedy to care and worry and anxious life, the remedy to depression, I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that there are not medical needs and, and, and uh, things that we, God uses to help with physical needs in our body, but one of the biggest things we need to deal with the melancholy of life and the anxiousness of life is prayer. It's prayer. In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. We're to pray about everything. Thus, day by day, we're to continue in prayer. God promises those who bring everything to him in prayer with supplication and thanksgiving that the peace of God, the peace of God that passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Christian worrying is a sin. It's the very opposite of trust. For me to worry is to say, God, I don't trust you. It's a sin. I mean, I mean like murder is a sin. Like, like, like being a thief, that's a sin. Worry is a sin. We lose our joy. We dwell in uncertainty. And our lives are, are plagued with burdens and fears that we ought never entertain when we don't pray. We are commanded to pray. Peter chapter 5, verse 7 states it in the command, casting all your care on him, for he careth for you. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast thy burden on the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Christian, many reasons we ought to pray. We've seen a few this morning. We'll look at a, a few more next week. But God commands it. It's the way God made for us to receive things from him. It's the way that we receive fullness of joy, and it's the way out of trouble, worry, and anxious care. Let's pray together. Lord, would you help us as we desire to grow? Lord, help us to realize that we ought to pray. Lord, I pray you'd bless us in the weeks to come as we journey together into this wonderful thing called prayer. Lord, I pray you bless now those traveling to be here, be with our service to come. Lord, may you be glorified today in all that's said and all that's done. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. You be